Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cool Stuff Jimmy Gets from Mexico podcast. Episode 8, which means it's been like two months since I've been doing these, and I have been enjoying them. Um, I, I like the feedback. Uh, it seems a group of y'all have been enjoying them. Um, on that note, the number one uh, item um, that everybody had to let me know about is I said gasket head. Not head gasket in episode 7. So excuse me, all my car gurus. I called it a gasket head. Not a head gasket. Apparently that was a pressing issue to a couple people. Um, that and my mother was rather happy that I uh, did not swear or take the Lord's name in vain. If uh, you got any... Uh, Buddy out there knows my mother for real. You know exactly what that's like. Uh, and if you don't know my mother personally, perhaps you have a mother uh, similar to mine. Uh, but I did tell her this episode I might swear. Only because I don't think that there's uh, quite um, uh, the, the, the other words that could really uh, encapsulate how I, how I uh, felt um, this is going to be the beginning of my, of a running series sometimes. My, uh, this one time in Mexico stories. All my uh, personal friends, um, that have known me over the years, I'm sure you've heard them all. But the good news is, uh, doing this gig, I get a whole bunch of new stories. So, um, with that, I'll tell you, uh, you guys one now. This is one I have not told publicly. Again, I'll mention that uh, when I first started this biz, you know, I was no stranger to Mexico. I'm, I'm well aware of, uh, you know, I know what time it is. Um, I've been going for, you know, uh, back and forth for 25 years, as I've mentioned. If you're new to the pod, welcome. Thank you. Uh, this is Cool Stuff Jimmy Gets from Mexico. I'm Jimmy. I get cool stuff. Please join our Facebook group of the same name. I go down to Mexico. I meet with our artisans. I go to local shops. I do live sales on location with artisans or the shopkeepers they work with. And we buy live, pay live items directly from the artisans. I bring them home, still covered in their native dust. And uh, very carefully wrap it up and send it to you. So... If you're interested in that, if you like supporting uh, artisans um, live and directly, by all means, uh, continue to follow, continue to share. I will be heading down. It's looking like March to be gone, March into April to be back uh, beginning of May. So that's the plan. Um, whole lot of uh, moving parts with this. If you've been following along, you know what I'm talking about here in the and in the uh, Facebook group. <clears throat> Lots of things going on. But anyways, I wanted to share a, a story with you guys on basically my first trip ever. Now, as I've mentioned to the group before, I was always, I continue to be, um, very um, conscious and concerned about uh, the way I'm portraying Mexico in my discussions. Um, I, I take that very seriously, man. I, I uh, got a lot of friends, uh, Mexican friends. I... Uh, um, I love Mexico. It's people. It's culture. It's cuisine. It's it's artisans. It's it's every everything. Everything about it. Just my place. I like it. I've been going back and forth uh, since I was a student uh, twenty five years ago. It'll be twenty five years here soon. I was a student in nineteen ninety seven. Stayed on for another year of college in nineteen ninety eight. 
uh, became fluent, met a lot of people uh, that of which I am still friends with to this day. So a little bit of background, but uh, this was actually on my maiden voyage. I was about to um, almost two years ago. Uh, if some of you may recall, um, it was blankets. Uh, we currently have an order from our artisan just in time for Christmas. Uh, they were a little bit delayed, but we did get them back in time here in Michigan. Uh, they are blankets made in the hand-loomed Mexica tradition of Tlaxcala. And when I say hand-loomed, I mean a wooden loom, strings all across, that's stringed manually, you know, a, 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 a a little spool shot back and forth by leather straps, and in between each one, it's you know packed into place every string, and they they make beautiful blankets. And when I say the Mexica tradition, um, that is the uh, Aztecs. Mexica is Aztecs. Um, I uh, did not know that initially, but I learned that I was like, oh, the Mexica people are like Aztecs. They speak Nahuatl, if I'm even saying it right. I struggle a lot with the indigenous words. It's a whole different language. It's a whole different like movement of the tongue and, and sound blends that I am just are completely foreign to me. But anyways, these are uh, their blankets, Mexican blankets. And typically when I say Mexican blankets, people are like, oh, yeah, like the sarape is like uh, the sarape is is the blanket. But most people, at least here in the United States, uh, when we say sarape, we're thinking about like that fading multicolored, you know, blends into each other type thing. And that particular sarape fun fact is called a known in mexico as a saltillo that is they refer to it oh yeah a saltillo um from saltillo coahuila which is uh the area and region where that style is uh is popular and from so every region uh that does textiles has their own style the ones that we have uh are in the mexica tradition the aztec tradition and uh they're hand loomed beautiful things um uh, we do have some that were custom monogrammed. We can feature your name. Uh, I have one uh, one that was uh, made in a uh, uh, featuring the name of a gentleman's business to be hung on the wall as a tapestry. Beautiful items. I didn't want to post any pictures because these are Christmas presents and I didn't want to spoil it for anybody. But uh, I will definitely be offering some more. We are still in contact with our artisan. Uh, we are, you know, learning um, to uh, deal with each other. Things are going well. I like him. He likes me. Um, so good things are going in that, but anyways, my first trip, uh, once I, initially I was bringing items in via packaging by mail FedEx and that is expensive. So I realized in order to bring, uh, larger, heavier items, I needed to go down and get it. So I took my minivan down there and I packed it full to the tippy top with blankets, these Mexica blankets. I brought them back. I have some that are wool still in stock. I have some that are uh, um, acrylic. Uh, they're, made, they're made in the Mexica tradition, but some of them are, but locally, they're mostly made by with acrylic uh, fabrics. Uh, that being because it's cheaper and um, it's used locally, like legit to like wrap babies and to like walk around in. And to, I mean, it's like it's indigenous communities and they wear and use these blankets. Um, so it's typically made to keep costs down and make it more affordable locally and with acrylic. But, um, I did ask to have them hand, um, uh, made hand spindled, hand dyed, as it was explained to me, using, 
the roots of Mount Malinche, which is the mountain that this community finds itself at the foothills of this mountain. And they they kind of walk up the mountain and they pull roots from the ground, mix it with salt and vinegar at different stages of drying and rotting this this root, these roots, many different roots, to create dyes um, in, again, the Mexica tradition. Very, very cool process. Um, before I even had a group, before we were doing live sales, it was just, you know, on my personal page, just posting pictures as I was getting them. Um, our artisan was good enough to send me pictures. It said my name, James Rios, with uh, uh, in, held on a piece of cardboard while, so and the date. So we kind of watched the process of these blankets being made. And it was phenomenal. And I knew... You know, we, we uh, um, had, a, had a good, strong uh, showing initially of the purchases of those. Um, and that's really when I realized, I was like, you know, I can, there's so many more um, products by equally talented artisans and all kinds of different things. So anyways, um, that's kind of how this, this started. But my first trip ever was to get these blankets. Um, and I called it Operation Smash and Grab. In my naivete, I thought I would simply go down there, grab them up and drive back and, uh, you know... And that's when I learned that it's not at all how it goes. Um, I know a lot of folks uh, tend to think that you go to Mexico, you buy whatever you want, and you pull up to the borders, you claim it, and say, "Yeah, I got this," and, you know, and then you just head on your way. Um, I learned that's not the not the process when you're doing it uh, commercially. When you're bringing in larger dollar amounts of items, um, there's all every item has its has different laws pertaining to them based on what they are made of. As I learned, again, I uh, as I just jumped into this business, which uh, I'm kind of famous for, just uh, kind of ready shoot aim is kind of the way I roll. God bless my wife for dealing with that. But uh, anyways, I learned as I go, and I definitely learned a lot. Um, I've, uh, driven, that was the first time I drove, uh, to Mexico. I've been, uh, driven many times since, but, uh, that was the first time I actually drove down and, uh, it was, uh, quite a, quite an ordeal. Um, as is, uh, it was explained my first trip that, uh, listen, my, my, uh, my friends down there, they says, uh, I'm not going to tell you how to get drive through the United States, but when you enter Mexico, there are rules that you have to follow. And I was like, okay. And he says, number one, uh, you don't travel at night. Under no circumstance do you travel at night. He says, you got to plan your trip to arrive at a decent hour, to find a hotel, to find everything, to get something to eat, and then get to your hotel room and stay. He's like, don't press on. Try to get to the next town and, and pull in when it's dark. He's like, uh, you know, foreign plates, everything. Don't drive when it's it's nighttime. They they don't even drive, you know, and it's nighttime if they can't if they can't um, help it. I've been caught in the nighttime. Things have happened. This goes this goes wrong. This goes. I'm set back here. I had to wait for this, and then I find myself up oh, driving in the nighttime, uh, like I shouldn't be, like a dummy. And it is a different world, y'all. I've mentioned that a couple times, but Mexican Highway is a. I made a whole episode to it. It's a real popular episode, apparently. It's a whole different world. So, anyways, don't travel at night. He says, you don't stop for anything. You get gas when at the big towns, and you don't stop and ways in between for anything. I'm like, okay. He says, and always take the toll roads. Never take La Libre, which is, um, it's basically like our uh, 275 and 75, or business route, I should say. 
94 business, like, which one is it? Business goes through, like, Ypsilanti and goes through Jackson. It goes through town. And then there's, like, whatever that goes, 494 or whatever it is. I can't remember. It goes around, around it. They're like, so don't drive through the towns. That's free. Always pay the toll roads if there is a toll road. And I was like, okay, among many other things, but those were the the three that he mentioned, most important. And I said, okay, so I get, you know, and uh, uh, you got to pull a permit to drive down that far into Mexico. If you didn't know that, let me tell you. You need to pull in, you you cross the border, you can't just drive. I did that once. Oops. Matter of fact, I did it that time. I didn't even, I just kept going like a dummy, didn't know. Like, oh yeah. You need to, number one, get your visa if you're going to go down deep. You need to get a permit for your vehicle that says you're allowed to have that vehicle that far down there. That is to prevent uh, illegal uh, vehicle importation. So uh, there's a <clears throat> got to make sure you got a clean title. Um, your vehicle can't be a uh, uh, have a history of being totaled. Um, it can't uh, learn that the hard way. I had to buy a whole new damn van. But anyways, uh, if it if it's a. Uh, has a history of being totaled, you won't pass, quote-unquote, the Mexican emissions standards. Now, I've lived in Mexico, and, dude, there's, like, zero emissions, but apparently on paper, when you're bringing an American car, it it can't have a history of being totaled, Uh, you know, so keep that in mind if you want to drive into Mexico. So, anyways, um, I drive down, I I stop in, uh, uh, at the border, uh, I make it down to Zacatecas day two, get an early start at the border. I make it into Zacatecas, everything it's, I'm getting there. It's, it's the sun is setting, but I'm in Fresnillo now, my, my home away from home, my, 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 uh, second city. And, uh, I just pull in and I'm hungry, man. So me and my, uh, compadre there, the, the, he's my buddy, my God, the godfather of, of my youngest daughter. Um, we go get some tacos. So we go get some tacos. And I'm doing this Operation Smash and Grab. I'm keeping the, 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 I don't even think we had the group, the Facebook group, Cool Stuff Jimmy Gets from Mexico group yet. It was just friends following me on my personal page and I did a hashtag Operation Smash and Grab, thinking it was going to be a quick thing. I mean, in retrospect, that was one of my quicker trips, but it was not just grab the stuff and go. It was a lot more than that, just as far as the legal mumbo jumbo I had to learn about. Uh, l- realize what I did not have, and then we had to handle that uh, there. One thing was the uh, ticketing of the items. Uh, so then I needed to find in the small town a little plastic ticket gun. And I also then had to find uh, tags, you know. We can go on Amazon here. I can get them delivered, you know, by 10 o'clock the same day if I order early enough. You know, little the little plastic arrows that shoot through the clothing, the little gun with the little tags. But look, in small town Fresnillo, needing them right now, I had to borrow them. My, my, butt, my compadre called a friend of his that has a clothing store. He's like, look, can we borrow one of those guns? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got anyways. Now I have that in abundance. I have a couple of them just in case I lose one. I have a, you know, a huge box of the little plastic, little, uh, uh, um, Flechita things, the little uh, tags, little, little little strings, little plastic strings. Like, and, and, and I got a whole bunch of tags all ready to go. I even have a custom-made stamp for my uh, import company, Export, um, in Mexico. It's an export there. But anyways, now I'm all set, but I didn't know any of this down there. So I was looking for all this stuff. 
you know, oh, okay, oops, didn't didn't know that, but now I know it now. You know, one of the many aspects that I, you know, have learned the hard way. So all I did is I rolled into town, and now this was COVID era. This was, um, I was social distancing. Mexico wasn't really taking it all that serious because uh, they were, they're behind us as far as the, um, uh, at least behind uh, Michigan by a, th- a couple months. Um, it was, Michigan was getting hit hard at the same, Detroit was getting hit hard at the same time New York was getting hit hard, but only New York was in the news, international news. But Detroit was having, you know, just as bad as far as I remember statistically. It was it was a really bad time. So anyways, it was during that time I was taking COVID very seriously. I was distancing. They thought I was crazy. I was masking. I was, at that point, we were gloving too. Uh, we thought early on that, you know, it was on the surfaces, if you guys remember that. Uh, we were cleaning our groceries with bleach because, we, well, anyways, strange, strange times. So all I do is I pull into town, we go eat, and I'm sneaking food bites in my mask. I pull it off, put a phone in the clover. Everybody thought I was ridiculous in Mexico. They're looking at me like, what is this guy doing? You know, fast forward now, they're still masking up like hardcore. Like they're like, they'll kick you out of Oxo, you go in there without a mask. They're like still doing it. So, I mean, kudos, I guess, but at that time when I went, I was the only one taking things seriously, and I was distancing from my family, my Mexican family, as I, uh, if anybody knows me personally, I have my Mexican family, uh, my family by choice, my people, my, my, uh, when I was a student, I lived with them when I was 18, I'm 43, I am still a member of the family, I love them, they love me, my kids, they call them grandma, grandpa, we go, we visit, they uh, scold me to this day. They tell me what I'm doing wrong, and my Mexican mother does not like it when I gain weight. She will let me know. Jimmy, you've gotten fat. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I mean, but I'm not 18 no more. I mean, all ripped and hard-bodied in the clubs, you know, tight fade, working out. I mean, mean, come on, man. I'm 40 effing three years old. So anyways, it was, uh, this was the maiden voyage of my thing. There's, you know, all big ideas, how we're going to do it. You know, I got these couple setbacks. I didn't know we need tags. We need this. We need all kinds of, you know, a bunch of other stuff and we're doing it. You know, we're doing it. They're glad to help me. They're glad I'm there visiting. They definitely love that. I'm, you know, sharing Mexican culture. I'm learning. They know, they know I love learning about it and, uh, they are just really pleased. And this was kind of a, a side gig I was doing while I was plumbing. So we go get the tacos and everything's going, you know, well. I was staying in an adjacent room, not in the house. It's off of, the, like, the laundry area, so it's kind of separate from the house. Um, so that's where I was staying uh, with, my, of course, my family. So we bed down, you know, put the car in the, in the, lock it up in the lot and everything, getting, you know, and they're like, anything you need, you know, you're, you're, estás en tu casa, you're, you're in your house, so help yourself, as always, and I'm, that, you know, nothing new. So I'm there and I, uh, um, ready to go to sleep. And then I get a, I don't know, it was probably around 11, 1130. I think it was 1130. Yeah, it was 1130. I get a WhatsApp notification, a text message in Mexico. Everybody uses WhatsApp. I've mentioned that before. Um, I got the app installed, um, the Mexican comedians will, will discuss, oh, you know, the, the group chat on WhatsApp because every class you know, uh, when you graduate, the thing is they keep a group text of your 
your, your graduating class, your generacion, your generation, they call it, your generacion. So everyone has a group chat and they'll talk about it because, I mean, Mexicans stay in touch. That's a Mexican aspect. I mean, personally, I mean, I see I'm Facebook friends with a lot of my uh, former high school buddies, but I have more verbal or text interactions with my Mexican classmates because culturally they just do that. They stay in contact and, uh, uh, ever running, you know, everybody celebrate everybody's birthdays. It's kind of like a, its own little Facebook group, but in a, in the WhatsApp chat anyways. So I have the app and, uh, I get a text message, um, right around 1130 and it says it's in Spanish and it basically says, it took me a minute to read it. Cause I was like, wait, what, what is this saying? It basically said, we, my name is this name, said the whole name, and I'm a Sicario with this particular cartel. And I understand you want to do business in this town. And if you want to do business in this town, you and I need to come to an agreement. And if we can't come to an agreement, I have, they said, five of my best men in your vicinity, they will bring you to my ranch. And if we, uh, he said, if we can't come, to, if I, we can't have an agreement, I have five of my best men in your vicinity. They will bring you to my ranch and I will have your head. If you block me or ignore me, uh, we will come in there now. If you, what else did it say? It said, um, send money to, and it gave information and it gave an app to send money. And I shit my pants, as I'm sure you can imagine. I read this message and like I said, it took a minute because it was really heavy, like street slang. Those were the aspects. Said, here you want to do business here. You got to, you and I need to come to an agreement. And it uh, gave me instructions. And it said, if you, uh, it said, one thing it said is, uh, don't make us involve the family. And I, I, I just felt, I mean, imagine a horrible sinking feeling. Now, mind you, I was, I was, I'm aware of the dangers that, that, that exist, that were happening in Fresno at the time, but I did not anticipate it being number one. So quick, I just, I just rolled into town that night. I didn't anticipate it being so quick and I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I couldn't re- I couldn't. I couldn't understand how they, how they got my number. I'm like, how do they even, a, a million things you're thinking. How do I, and now mind you, you're in Mexico and down there, it's not gun culture in the United States. You know, nobody has, you know, the right to bear. I mean, you do have the right to bear arms. It's a bunch of hoops to draw through. But so as a result, nobody has guns. So I'm literally a sitting duck in there. And I, I, I panic. I go to the kitchen and just get some, some kitchen knives. And I sit in my bed, panicking, rocking, like, back, like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Anticipating, like, do I, do I go wake up my, my, my Mexican parents? Do I tell them? 
These people are going to the, they're, they're, they said they're outside. They're, do, do I wake them up to this? Do I, what? So I panicked for an hour. It was a, 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 a solid hour. So now it's like 1230. And I was just, uh, j- just shitting bricks. I mean, I, there's no other way to say it. I was just, just the pan. I've never panicked like that. I've never been that afraid. I've never felt that defenseless. Um, and you come to terms with like, look, I am, I am in way over my head and I have, I have no, who are you going to call? Are you going to call the cops? You, you, they're probably in on it. How do they, are, are they the, the, their guys in my vicinity? Are they now in Mexico? It's not like you walk, go down any American street. What do you see? You see the street, a little bit of grass, the sidewalk, front yards, and house, 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 house. In small town rural Mexico, it's not like that. Some cities are like that. I mean, some I should say little gated communities, you know, are like that: street, sidewalk, grass, house, 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 house. But uh, more oftentimes than not, in small towns such as Fresnillo. That is uh, a street and a sidewalk and a continuous wall all the way corner to corner. A continuous wall everywhere you turn. It's like a, a, a maze of walls. There's no grass. Street, sidewalk, walls. One continuous wall and that wall will have garage doors. It'll have small doors. It'll have little windows. It'll have, And sometimes it's a tiny one-room house and sometimes it's a big garage door that opens to this palatial opening that's like looks like a, a grassy oasis within. You never really know because it's like all there. Uh, it's everything you would, I mean, after 500 years, Fresnillo is like 500 and something years old, you know, just that one city. Everything's kind of built on top, that's built on top, that's built on top. Or I should say next to, built next to, that's built next to. Everything's real close. So um, what happens is when there are hits, you know, assassinations, I should say, uh, the crew will come with a ladder, drive down the street with an effing ladder in a truck, and just like medieval battle, Bunch of guys run up with the ladder, throw it against the wall, bunch, hold the ladder. A bunch of other guys run up the ladder and jump over, and then it's just, I mean, it's just, I mean, bad news. Just, um, again, I don't like speaking of, of these things, but uh, word gets around. You know, there's been there's been violence, there's been acts, there's been extortions. You know. Uh, in Mexico, and it's it's happened to to people that I know, and um, it's typically bigger interests, I should say. Uh, if you're the largest so and so of Latin America doing this, then sure, you know, um, there's going to be you obviously have some some interests that other uh, entities want in on. But I was like, dude, I'm I'm a guy bringing in blankets. I'm not the largest whatever of Latin America. So I just start with that thinking. I'm like, okay, calm down. Calm down. Relax. Pull your your resources and 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 calm down and, and think. So the first thing I did, I'm like, okay. 
what is this phone number? And the phone number was uh, addition sign, plus sign, one, parenthesis, three numbers, parenthesis, American style, three numbers, dash, four numbers. All right, if you're in the United States, and according to my analytics, all of you are, except for one. ¿Qué onda, Luis? Hey, Armando. Hay dos. Okay. ¿Qué onda? It is area code 1313, for example, Detroit. You know, blah, 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 blah. That's our numbers. In Mexico, it's parenthesis 52. Three numbers, two numbers, then two numbers. So when I looked at this number, I'm like, this is this is number one, this is an American, this is an American pattern. All right. The number one. And as I'm calming down, I'm trying to think straight. Uh, number two, this it took me a minute to read it because this is not Mexican Spanish. This is it's missing S's. I'm like, is it Puerto Rican? Is this... So I Google the area code. I Google the area code, and it comes back because I have my phone, right? Like obviously, connected to the family Wi-Fi. And the area code is a Dominican number. from the, A number from the Dominican Republic. Which makes sense why a lot of the words were missing the letter S. Because Dominicans don't talk with the letter S. And a lot of times when... One lacks a formal uh, education. They, they, they'll speak it fine, but they, they'll write it phonetic. They'll write it how it sounds or how they speak it. So if they don't use a le- pronounce the letter S, they won't write the letter S. So that tells me that it's, it's a, a lower information individual that is sending this with a Dominican Republic number. So then I Googled Dominican Republic cartel phone scams. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are so inclined to Google Dominican Republic cartel phone scams, you will realize that it was a scam, as did I. And what it is, is um, these uh, phone scammers in the Dominican Republic will get your personal information and how they got it in my case. Because, again, when I did this, I was plumbing and doing kind of the import on the side. So on my Facebook page, uh, it was public for service call, and it had my phone number. It had my phone number. It has pictures of me in my plumbing sweatshirt where, with my phone number. I'm taking pictures. It's my number's on my back. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's public because I was using it as to do my plumbing business. A lot of my a lot of my plumbing business is based exclusively on Facebook Messenger and just my Facebook posts and, and uh, Facebook friends, people I know I'm in contact with. Uh, with that said, book of business is kind of closed. No new friends. Um, I'm, uh, I got, I'm, it's like I never left. I'm super busy. Um, I don't know. Reach out. Uh, you know, if you, you got the money, I got the time, but don't, don't hit me like, well, anyways, that different story. But, um, so my number was public because my Facebook page was public. And when I came into town, I tagged the location of where me and the compadre were eating tacos at Taqueria Los Primos. And I, one of my favorite taquerias there, 
And uh, so apparently these Dominican guys will look for in these towns for just public information for people's number. And they'll call you and say, and I was such a mark because I'm an American, obviously. Um, I checked into this taco place. All my stuff's in English, you know, then they see my, you know, and one thing, oh, they did say in my, in the message, it was like, you know how, you know how it goes uh, here in Mexico. So when I Googled Dominican, Dominican Republic cartel phone scams, a couple years ago, um, they were a big thing in the Spanish-speaking community along the Texas border. And what the Dominican phone scammers would do is they would call businesses, Spanish-speaking businesses along the border towns. Because number one, they don't speak English, these scammers. So they need people who speak Spanish, first of all, and can, number one, read what they write and then shit a brick and panic like I did. And just hurry up and, 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 and send money because, you know, they don't want to involve the family. You know, you know they don't want to have take me five guys in my vicinity to come take me to the ranch and cut my head off. As I was thinking was going to happen, could possibly happen, was, was, you know, or something. What do I do? I was just with my two steak knives in my hands at, you know, one o'clock in the morning now as I'm reading this. So what happened, of course, is uh, they were saying they were um, the prominent, you know, drug cartel at that time, which I won't don't want to be dropping names and stuff. But um, these businesses, of course, they report this activity. And here in the United States, we have um, the FBI, a well-funded FBI uh, that can take an issue like that and spend all kinds of federal resources, you know, to investigate it, almost as if it's a bureau that investigates things federally. And then they come up with solutions or or with answers being, yeah, this is fake. This is a uh, Dominican um, little scam. They uh, prey upon Spanish speaking communities that are, you know, already fearful and, and, and knowledgeable of the extreme nature of 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 those kind of things uh sometimes they they'll incorporate gruesome pictures and send to you via text and so uh they'll just peruse you know from where they're at you know uh uh, places and find someone you know a, a naive american as was i uh and say we know where you're at and we got five guys in of my best men in your vicinity in your vicinity and then i was thinking you know, they sent only sent four guys after the number one such and such of you know, all of Latin America. Uh, I don't think they'd send five guys for a guy getting blankets. So it started to make less, uh, more sense to me. And it started to become less, you know, of a threat. I started to calm down. I'm like, this is just, it's a phone scam. But not to say I wasn't, you know, literally shitting bricks. Sorry, mom. I've said the S word a couple times, but that's what I was doing. I was just, it, I can't even, I mean, I haven't been, you know, and especially I'm like, it, it's it's exactly what I thought was the worst case scenario was going to happen. Oh my God, they're going to take me to a ranch and cut my head off. Oh my, it, it was just, you know, and everybody, I mean, that's, that's just that act alone. I mean, it's kind of stereotypical, 
You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it, it's, it's to go to sleep with the fishes. You know, it's, it's the it's the most stereotypical, most common, most uh, uh, reported on activity, I guess, thing that can happen. You know, it's I don't know. My so then I realize when I calm down. Now it's like almost two o'clock in the morning. I would just my heart stopped racing. I stopped sweating profusely. And I say, you know what? I gotta, I gotta call home, and I gotta tell them because what they'll also do as I was reading they have your phone number they'll go through your contacts and reach out in Facebook and say we have Jimmy we and uh this is the such and such you know cartel and we have your family don't try to contact them or we'll kill them send money to this account blah 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 blah. download this app because it's a, an app that allows Americans to send money to Mexican banks or or international banks um, I'm sure I didn't, I didn't, of course, didn't try to send money, but I'm assuming that it was all the instructions that I received was all, uh, Dominican stuff, you know? So I call home, it's three o'clock Detroit time. And I talked to my mom. I did. Everybody warned my mom ahead of time. Like, mom, I'm going to tell the, I'm going to tell the phone scam story just so you know. So, you know, and I might swear. So I, I think I'll be done swearing mom at this point. Cause I know you're listening. And she said, oh, son, that was horrible. Oh, like, yeah, it was horrible. Because I called my mom and I said, she answers. I had to let it ring a couple times and she knows right away. She's like, son, what's wrong? And I'm like, mom, first of all, I'm fine and it's it's a scam. Understand that. I'm fine and it's fake and it's a scam. Okay. She's like, okay. And then I told her what happened. I said, I got a text message that said this. I was I was flipping out. I panicked for a good while, like not, not expecting like people on the roof and, you know, jumping over this wall. And I'm like, eh. and then I, I looked. It's, a, it's an, a Dominican number. I Googled. It's a thing, you know, and it's not real. So if you or any of my brothers or siblings, brother or sister, get a call, a text, an inbox, a, a Facebook something, Saying it that they have me and they're going to cut my head off if they don't send money. I'm fine. It does, you know, because I read in, in the Google all the reports. And this is from a couple of years back. All the all the results. I've actually uh, heard it still kind of goes on. But I mean, it's like every phone scam. Once enough people know about it, then they I mean, it's 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 worthless that, you know, they don't do it no more because people know like, oh, you're the IRS calling for my back taxes. How huh? I, I could pay it now. Six hundred bucks with my debit card. Sure. You know, it's like everybody. Oh, you're the Nigerian prince. You want you want my my bank account number, do you? You know, it, it's it turns into that. So uh, but it, it still tends to be this particular scam in the Spanish speaking communities. So. Um, if you're not within the Spanish speaking communities, uh, you know, fun fact, if you are in the Spanish speaking communities, ojo, you know, that means eyeball everybody that that's saying ojo is like, you know, just like, uh, what, be careful, keep your eyes peeled, you know, you know, look out. So that was my first trip. So if you've been following and you could see how, you know, I had some folks thinking I'm, you know, going on vacations. Meanwhile, that's what I'm dealing with, keeping it quiet because I don't want to uh, put a negative uh, uh, light on, you know, my Mexico querido, my, 
<laughs> you know, I don't want my beloved Mexico. I don't want to, you know, give a bad impression. But that's what I was dealing with from day one, from the trip number one. And I'll tell you, folks, it ain't got no easier. Um, I mentioned in the last podcast that uh, there's a lot of scams going on in Mexico. Uh, I was work, you know, the last podcast was regarding uh, episode seven was um, working in indigenous Mexico. And when you think about it, I mean, it only makes sense, you know, the indigenous communities, same in the United States. It's a vulnerable community. It's not a lot of uh, resources, you know, it's not a lot of uh, infrastructure, it's not a lot of investment. It's the same thing. But then, you know, Mexico, I mean, that's kind of true everywhere, you know, unless it's private entities, private schools, private, you know, roads, private, you know, communities. But they, the indigenous community is is the recipient of a lot of these kind of scams, so when I tell a guy that I want to, you know, buy all his Talavera pumpkin lanterns um, and then he ghosts me, yeah, it's like, look, I, I don't I don't want to kidnap you, bro. I, I don't want all of your 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 pumpkin money. I, I don't want to extort you for all of your, you know, artisanal earnings, you know, but that's what's out there. So they're really guarded. And because I am, you know, me. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, I, I mentioned briefly tattoos mean different things in Mexico. It's not, you know, it's not received the same way it is here in the United States. It's changing a little bit, but it's not. So me being a tattoo guy, a, a broad guy, like I'm not a large man, but I do. I am broad in the shoulders. Get that from my grandpa, my dad's side. Um, I'm aware. And the beard. Those three things, some tattoos, broad shoulders, a beard, American, Mexican, you know, American kind of, you know, it, it's it's put all those things together and it can lead to some confusion. You know what I mean? Just my whole look. So I get it, you know, because that is the constant environment of of scam and fear that a lot of our artisans, a lot of Mexicans for that matter, you know, live in. One thing I will say, they uh are definitely used to it. They they definitely don't panic. They do not scare easy down there. They're like, "Oh yeah? Oh, well." Yeah, yeah, and I'm things that would make us kind of freak out. Like what? what? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that'll, that'll happen. It's, it's not true though, and, and they just move on. I'm like, oh Jesus! But unfortunate aspect that they're you know as they they kind of get used to those things, those realities. But this particular aspect was new for me. I freaked out. I I I I've never felt that way. I hope never to feel that way again. Uh, but hey, uh, such is doing business in in Mex- in real Mexico, not on the resorts. No mariachi, no tequila. Real, you know, nitty gritty in the trenches, Mexico. Not, you know, the resorts are nice. By all means, visit. Don't go off the resort, guys. Stay in the resort. Uh, if you go to Mexico, uh, put your uh, list your 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 Facebook on friends only. Um, so your information is not public. I would assume that it's just a matter of time before some of these scams start going in English or something. I don't know. Heads up. Keep your eyes peeled, y'all. Uh, you know, you didn't know. Now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Because I'm a child of the 80s. G.I. Joe. That's it. 
Okay. Story time's over, guys. Have a good night. Um, yeah, uh, now I'll, I'll do another story time another another day. We'll see. There's plenty to go. There's plenty plenty to talk about. It's it just is crazy. Okay. Oh, but hey, on a, on a plus note, um, that app that the scammers told me about, I actually use that now to, to pay a lot of my artists. So I guess it was you know it wasn't all bad. <laughs> uh, silver lining. Okay. Good night. <laughs>